0: Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Established and Kept. The text is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Men are often as devoid of reason as of faith. There are with us still unreasonable and wicked men. There is no use in arguing with them or trying to be at peace with them, they are false at hearts and deceitful in speech. Well, what of this? Shall we worry ourselves with them? No. Let us turn to the Lord, for he is faithful. No promise from his word will ever be broken. He is neither unreasonable in his demands upon us, nor unfaithful to our claims upon him. We have a faithful God. Be this our joy. He will establish us so that wicked men shall not cause our downfall, and he will keep us so that none of the evils which now assail us shall really do us damage. What a blessing for us that we need not contend with men, but are allowed to shelter ourselves in the Lord Jesus, who is in truest sympathy with us. There is one true heart, one faithful mind, one never-changing love. There let us repose." The Lord will fulfill the purpose of His grace to us, His servants, and we need not allow a shadow of fear to fall upon our spirits. Not all that men or devils can do can hinder us of the divine protection and provision. This day, let us pray the Lord to establish and keep us.
1: not do without thee. The secret
0: In this day of many uncertainties, the political unrest, widespread violence, and moral confusion, people are asking, what is it all about? What does life mean, or does it have any meaning? Thankfully, there is one place where despairing men, women, and young people can find the answers to those questions. The Holy Bible, God's inspired, inerrant word. The Apostle Paul, speaking of the Gospel, wrote, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. He was referring to the righteousness that God gives to sinners on the basis of Christ's death on the cross. A medical doctor who found life's answer in Christ has written a brief summary of the central teaching of the Bible in a booklet called The Meaning of Life and the Love of God. In a few clearly written pages, he explains how sinners can find forgiveness and redemption in God's blessed Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For a free copy of The Meaning of Life and the Love of God, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak. 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of The Meaning of Life and the Love of God, and we'll be happy to provide it. Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a message entitled, The Gifts of the Spirit, part of this extensive series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. This is a subject which has created much controversy in the Church. As we've seen, there are two extremes in the treatment of spiritual gifts. On the one hand, there are those who deny any supernatural activity— Then there are others who insist that all of the miraculous gifts of the New Testament are available to the church today. Those who deny the miracles of the Bible are simply saying that God has no right to interfere in the affairs of men. On the other hand, those who claim those miraculous powers today fail to recognize that whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, miracles were always related to God's revelation of redemption. Now that the canon of Scripture is closed, there is no need for such supernatural demonstrations. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message, The Gifts of the Spirit. When a man says miracle is impossible, all
2: he is saying is, I deny Almighty God the right ever to intervene personally and directly in human affairs. Of course, the Bible Denies that kind of atheism and every other kind of atheism. Christianity is a religion that's based on the supernatural. At the heart of Christianity is Christ. He's the supernatural Christ. He is a man, yes, but he is the God-man. The shorter catechism rightly says the only redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man, and so was, and continueth to be, God and man, in two distinct natures, and one person forever. That's a supernatural person. Here was the supernatural Christ. According to God, He was perfect. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am one. Well to his enemies. He was perfect. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. The supernatural life. I am the supernatural death. The Lord Jesus said, I lay down my life. No man taketh it from me. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it up again. The Lord Jesus didn't die from nails through his hands or through his feet. The Lord Jesus did not die because of weakness on the cross, though he was crucified in weakness. The Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross suffered all that devils and men could give him to suffer. He suffered all that even the wrath of a displeased God. For God was displeased with our sin, and Jesus became sin for us. He suffered all that the wrath of God could give him. I have often pointed out that through all those harrowing hours of suffering, the Lord Jesus never bowed the head. It was only when he had suffered to perfection, when he had paid the price, that then he bowed the head, and he gave up the ghost. A supernatural death. Even the soldiers were amazed that he died without them having to help him on his way. And thank God he's the Christ of the supernatural resurrection. For on the third day he did rise. It has often been said that the best attested fact in history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. that's true. I have more cause on pure historical evidence to believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ than most of the uh, great uh, facts, quotes of uh, national history. I'm a lot more sure of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than that Benjamin Franklin said what he's supposed to have said and did what he's supposed to have done. I have the Holy Ghost recording the one. I have men with vested interest recording the other. He's the supernatural Christ. Therefore, when we come into the New Testament Scriptures, as in 1 Corinthians 12, we are prepared for the Holy Ghost to show literal miraculous Powers in the church of Jesus Christ. Here we have, as I've said, these gifts. There are nine of them mentioned here. If you turn to verse 28, you'll find there are some more after apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings. We have helps and governments. Back in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, we have some more mentioned. And these are superbly miraculous gifts involving revelation, illumination and inspiration directly from the Spirit of God. Now, that's the first thing. The Holy Ghost did give miraculous gifts. Second thing. and Here we come to the heart of the matter. Those supernatural gifts were peculiar attendants and confirmations of God's revelation of redemption as it was in the process of being given. Now let me repeat that, for this is at the very heart of the doctrine of the miraculous in the New Testament, and indeed the Old Testament. Those supernatural gifts were peculiar attendants and confirmations of God's revelation of redemption as it was being given. If we turn over to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4, we will find there uh, that we have given to us in the clearest possible language the purpose of miracle. After talking about the apostles and what they said and did, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, or distributions of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. What was the purpose of the the wonders, the miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Ghost? It was God bearing witness to the word to the revelation that he was giving through his apostles. Now, this is the peculiar purpose of miracle. Here's an interesting thing. If you turn to the book of Acts, you have occasions where the Holy Ghost was poured forth, as on the day of Pentecost, then in Samaria, then in Cornelius' household, and then in Acts 19 among the Ephesians. Now you look at those instances very carefully and you discover something that in the book of Acts every supernatural manifestation of the Spirit of God was in connection with the ministry of an apostle. I I am not saying as in... 1 Corinthians 12 that there were no, no supernatural movements when the apostles were not there I'm saying they were instituted always in connection with the ministry of an apostle now what does that tell us? through the apostles God was giving the revelation of redemption he was giving us what we now have in the New Testament scriptures and as he did so Just as he had done throughout the Old Testament, he validated this new revelation by indisputable miracles and signs. That's what he did. When you go through the Old Testament scriptures, you'll find that there were periods of the explosion of miracles and they were always in connection with some new stage in the continuing revelation of redemption. When we come into the New Testament Scriptures, here is the great consummation of the uh, revelation that was begun in the Old Testament. Here is God bringing the Scriptures now to completion. And what does He do? As He sends out His apostles with His Word, he backs them up with miracles and signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Indeed, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, there is a very interesting thing. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. The manifestation of the Spirit. That's a very interesting phrase. There's a little learned discussion as, believe it or not, to the significance of the word of, what kind of a genitive it is. Big word at this time of the morning. But um, let's take it at the simplest possible thing level. The the, uh, manifestation of the Spirit surely parallels and equals the gift of the Spirit. Any gift of the Spirit. That's the Spirit manifesting himself. But look at that word manifest. It's a very important word in the New Testament. This form of the word only appears a couple of times, but there are other forms of the word. As a verb, for instance, it appears many times. And you'll find this. That every time this word or one of its related words has God as its subject. That is that it's God that's doing the manifesting. Every time... The thought is of a divine revelation, especially of redemption. The truth here, therefore, is just the same, as I have been citing from the Old Testament and from Hebrews 2, that when God started to give a revelation of redemption, he backed it home with special miraculous powers. Now, let's follow carefully. First, God did give miraculous gifts to the New Testament church. Second, the reason for those gifts was to validate a divine revelation of redemption as it was being given. That's the important part. And third, therefore, this is inexorably true, therefore, those supernatural manifestations of the Holy Ghost Do not operate in any period that is not a period in which God is giving a new revelation of redemption. Now watch it very carefully. It's very, very important miracle is never just a raw demonstration of power that's what the Roman Catholic Church has always tried to make miracle just a, a pure demonstration of power it will have the most ludicrous of miracles that it expects you to believe when the Pope say so uh, they really have uh, no function except as a raw demonstration of power but you look at the New Testament the miracles are never like that the miracles of the New Testament are never given apart from revelation. And indeed, 1 Corinthians 13 looks forward to the time when the miraculous will cease to happen. We read verse 8, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall feel; That is, they shall cease. Where there are tongues, they shall cease. Where there is knowledge, and the knowledge here is the gift of supernatural knowledge, it shall vanish away. So there is certainly an impermanence to these spiritual and supernatural manifestations. In other words, miracle in the physical realm. I'm not talking about God regenerating a soul God creating us anew in Christ. Those are spiritual acts of God. I'm talking about, as Paul is talking about here, manifestations in the physical realm. Miracle is not something that God will do today. Not that He can't. God can do anything that He wills to do. But he wills that miracle is a part of the revelation of redemption. Now, of course, the charismatic movement claims all these supernatural gifts. For instance, they have the gift of prophecy, so they say. And to them, this is a direct revelation from God. It is an extra-scriptural revelation from God. This is a a very serious departure from the historic Christian faith. If you read the history of the Great Awakening here in the United States of America in the 18th century, you will find that that great revival was brought to a grinding halt by the one Wise fire brought that revival to a halt. And this enthusiasm as they called it in those days, fanaticism as we would call it today, was certainly an instrument in the hand of the devil to bring to naught what was a superabundance.
0: Listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org.